All right. Welcome to Words Matter podcast here at FBC Seminole. Glad you guys are with us. Um, after the last couple of weeks of special podcast we had with Paul and Penny, where we talked about Vacation Bible School, we dropped the second part to the Dr. Stephen Sims interview as well. And then last week we had our entire staff together for a podcast, which was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Hope you guys have listened to that as well. I'm Josh Pollock. I'm the host here. And then over to my right, as always, is... I'm Nick Ataya. Uh pastor here. All right. And then across from him, Garrett Napier. I lead the music at church. So that is who we've got this week with us um, to um, visit with you all about why words matter to us and what's going on here in the life of the church at FBC Seminole. So to start us off this week, uh, Nick's got a question for us. So I have an apology, then a question. Okay. My apology is that uh, last time we gathered, I really hammered you about your Boston Red Sox. I, I think and at they that heard. at that time they were 0 and 3. And then they went on like a 9 game <laughs> win streak or something. We are an 11 and 4 team yeah, right now. Yeah. And you are now 11 and 4. And so uh you're marriage. welcome. I'm just going to say you're welcome. Yes, they heard you. They so. <laughs> they were motivated by your statement. So I'm not apologizing. I'm saying you're welcome, I guess. How are the so. Mariners doing? Excellent. Excellent. What is there are only 4 teams with over 10 wins and the Mariners are oh, one of them. They are. So I was if, hoping. Yeah. Boston played early today, and we won. We'd have had the tied record with the Mariners if we hadn't played already and won today. Yeah. By, we beat Chicago, Chicago yeah. eleven to four. We we're hitting home runs left and right. It's yeah. been a fun season. It's early, early, but yeah, yeah. It's just fun to see that they're fans. Anyway, okay, so let's do. I, I have a, something to a, a question. All right. Uh, so my question is: Your dream vacation? You can be anywhere doing anything for seven days. What is it? Seven days. So the last couple of vacations we've taken, um, we went to Disney. And so part of me wants that to be my answer because that's it's so much fun because my kids are at a fun age where it's like Garrett's making faces. Garrett's making faces. It's a podcast. They can't so see you. Horrible. So that's that's the that's the flip side. <laughs> it is so much work and you need you're exhausted by the time you get back. But the looks on your kids' faces, because to them, the magic is still real at this age. Right. Seven and yeah. five. That that would almost be my pick because of that. But if I'm going to be selfish, um, then my pick is I want to go to like a cabin on a lake and just hang out for like seven days. Like I don't want to leave the cabin. I don't want to go on nature hikes. I want a fire pit. <laughs> I want my smoker. Um, I want Netflix, and I just I want to hang out in the woods. That's what I want. I want a TV outside or a projector, and I just want to hang out. Now we all want to do that. Now we all want to do that. Yes, watching Netflix. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do. That's that's what I want. That's that would be that would be that would be my selfish choice. He's basically ninety percent Ron Swanson, ten percent Tom Haverford. <laughs> right. Treat yourself. Well, I am, I am, anything but Terry because I know Terry Howard's favorite place to be is at the beach, and I grew up in on the equator, and I could care less to go to the beach ever again. I sand. Blech. But I'm close to you in what you're – so my son and I went – he was really little, but we went on a survival trip. Mm-hmm. We went to the farm. We took minimal stuff, and so we had to – we had a tarp. That's all we had. I want to go a little more upgraded. I'd like to, to be in a cabin where I could actually – my back can't sleep on the ground anymore. But I would like to be disconnected from everything for seven days, mm-hmm. completely disconnected. Probably not even a watch. No phone, no watch. Just go to the farm and disconnect, and not leave. And fish and hunt and what are you? Why? I just all I hear so. is Gavin and Ryan and Lane in my head right now. 
Get a watch. That's all yeah. they say. Yeah. Like, get a watch. Time for you, Time to, get for you to get a watch. <laughs> they don't listen to this podcast. Yeah. So. No. That seems it's peaceful. Too cool for yeah. that. Yeah. All right, Nick, what about you? So, again, if I'm being selfish, if I could just do what I want to do for seven days, um, I'm spending seven days uh, spring training Cactus League mm. and just touring around, going around Arizona, going to all the different ballparks, watching – Mainly the Mariners, but other teams play. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. But in reality, like the reality of seven days um, with my family in Oregon for seven days, doing all kinds of stuff in Oregon. Mm, Just there's a lot to do. Love there. going to Oregon. Um, so food. that'd be there'd be a lot of food. And I'm yeah, the food yeah. is I'm a foodie. So yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 with both of you guys. Either one of those would be great. Uh, I've been to Portland, and and there's enough to do there to fill seven days. Um, I'm not a big beach fan, but my wife is. So our summer vacation this summer is the beach because she's she wants to go to the beach. But yeah, I'm with you. It's hot. There's sand everywhere. You get in the water, and you can't wait to get out. Um, as you the need dad, a shower after you, you're, you're, you're hauling all the equipment to the beach. Every little thing you think you're gonna need. <laughs> on a tiny little wagon with a broken wheel that you're hoping is going to make it that far in the sand <laughs> just so you can load it up and get And you're back. a stubborn white guy who's not going to put sunscreen on Mm-mm. and you end up getting baked like a I'm, I'm a dad. I'm not taking my shirt off either. I'm just, I'm, I'm hanging out in the water. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's where that's at. So that's a good question. All right, I have another question for you guys, a bonus question this week. So we had a question uh, submitted to us um, by, uh, I think his name is uh, Robert Fletcher. I, I think Rob <laughs> is uh, the one who submitted this question and asked, um, said, as we met as a staff, we talked about what we've been reading and some of those things, and he enjoyed that. But he wanted to know more about our quiet time. So we kind of asked, what does a quiet time look for us as, as a staff member? What are you reading? How does that work for you? And so I want to encourage church members, if you've got a question you want your staff guys to answer, feel free to text us, um, submit that to us, and we'll, we'll address that on one of our podcasts. But Rob is our first listener question. So I'm going to throw that out to you guys. Um, what's a quiet time look like for you guys? So for me, uh, when I think of quiet time, I think of something more just uh, me and the Lord, devotional even, um, you know, I like the rest, like you guys do. I read a lot of heady stuff, a lot, and sometimes even academic stuff. So for me, a, a good quiet time is just something that kind of boils down my relationship with the Lord. And about six, seven months ago, I came across these these books by Kenneth Boa, and they're 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 books that are designed to take Scripture and teach you how to pray through the Scriptures, and it's. Uh, to be quite honest, it's where we get most of, almost all of our Sunday morning uh, corporate uh, praying the Word um, moments from. So the one I'm in right now is uh, uh, praying through um, intimate worship. And so there's usually, there's about two and a half to three pages of scriptures that he takes those scriptures and then puts them into a format where you're praying through those scriptures. And so that's, uh, you know, I... I try to hit that every day, but it's probably more like five or six days a week that I hit that. So that's what I do for a quiet time. Yep, I'm. I'm actually. I I bought a one of the Kenneth Boa books, and I thought I got the opposite one that Nick was using, and I ended up getting the same one. Yeah. We found that out like three weeks later. Um, so I, I've been going through that. Uh, very, very good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I have re- really enjoyed that. I'm. Last year, I committed to read through the Bible in a year. Um, and I failed, and I got maybe about two-thirds, maybe more than two-thirds through. And so I've just picked that back up this year, and I'm, I'm going through it. It's, right now it's in Ezekiel, um, and it 
it varies. I, I, I'm not, it's not a structured, I'm not one chapter a day. Or sometimes it's, I read for several hours, and sometimes it's, I can just barely make it through a chapter. And um, it's it varies quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you right there. I'm reading through stuff from my Old Testament classes. Um, it kind of varies almost even day to day as well. Um, and try to be in the Scripture every day. Um, uh, typically on Wednesdays, that, that morning, I read through the Scripture I'm preaching on that night to my students. And there's, there's a lot of times I have my sermon done on Monday, and I go through it Tuesday. And Wednesday morning as I'm reading Scripture, God will show me something else. And then I'll go back and make changes Wednesday afternoon mm-hmm. to my mm-hmm. sermon because I've read something different that I didn't see the first time through. Um, and then right now I'm in Deuteronomy. Um, in my, we just finished Numbers, which a lot of people treat Numbers like Leviticus. It's like, oh, it's just all these lists and stuff. And then I just wrote this paper, matter of fact, last night on why the book of Numbers is such a sad book. Um, it, it's and, and I had never considered it much of a sad book. And then you, you get into the life of Moses and everything he went through, and you have the grumblings of the people and the people turning on Moses and the death of Miriam after Miriam and, and um, Aaron spoke out on Moses' own family. And then he strikes the rock and takes credit for it instead of God. And then he misses out on the promised land. And then you have, they turn to idol worship. And it really is just this sad book. So I was, we, we finished Leviticus the number, so I'm in Deuteronomy right now. So I'm looking forward to a little more story action through Moses so we get through Deuteronomy. So a question for both of you. Uh, both of you prepare sermons each week. Um, Nick for Sundays and, and Josh, you prepare for Wednesday nights. Is there a difference in your in your studying for sermons and and what you do for a personal devotion? Or are those things the same? I think for me it's it's different. Um, I try to look at those in two different two different lights. Um, I do a lot of my reading and sermon prep in the office, um, and then a lot of my quiet time and, and personal time comes from comes from the house. Um, I also was sharing with these guys. I listen to the Bible through and through Spotify. They have a daily Bible, and so if I'm reading something in the morning, I've read it in the morning. I listen to it as well, just to kind of meditate on that scripture throughout the day, and that helps to kind of bring it to the forefront of my mind. Sometimes it, it lines up. Sometimes it is. If I'm in a giant chapter of scripture and I really need to dissect it, I, I, I put those two together, but I try to make them a separate thing. But that's just me. Yeah, my uh, so my my weekly my week in and week out process of studying the scriptures and and reading the scriptures for myself, I have a lot of digressions. So what I mean by that is I, I'm I'm reading multiple different topics at one at one time at at any given week, like sometimes four or five, even six resources. Uh, I'm in a D group with you. We're reading through A. W. Tozer stuff. Sometimes that draws me into the certain scriptures. Um, I'm reading a book on pastoral help. I'm reading uh, a book on prayers. You know, I'm so I'm reading all these different resources. We're reading through nine Mark's books, um, and so when I'm reading through those resources, it takes me to certain scriptures from time to time. You know, so then I'll start reading through certain scriptures. Last week, uh, you know, I was preparing for some upcoming events, and um, I'm reading through Matthew five, Sermon on the Mount. And so I just am all over the place. I wouldn't say there's a specific structure outside of the book on praying through the scriptures that I read. There's a specific structure. Um, I'll get through digressing into different resources that take me to different scriptures throughout the week and almost forget sometimes that it's Thursday and I haven't put much work into my sermon yet. I've been Mm. doing all this other stuff and I have notes on this other stuff and I don't have a lot of notes on my sermon yet. Then I got to buckle down and get focused on that. So I would say that my Bible reading process is much like I am in life. 
I digress a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I'm at a lot of books <laughs> and, and stuff as well. And I try to um, – I've read through First Timothy multiple times since you started preaching in it because I try to mm-hmm. – I, I try to read each week when we're choosing the music, um, try to align with it. So I reread to, to make that I know kind of where you're going to be in, in the next chapter. But I wouldn't count that towards – that's not something I would say that was part of my devotion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, right. It's a separate reading. Right. And there's there's a lot of that too. I'm I'm a, a I'm a backup Sunday school teacher for youth. I've got some great youth workers who show up to teach every week. But I want to make sure I'm ready in case I get that call on Sunday morning. And says, hey, Sunday school teacher can't be there. I've read that scripture at, at time or point during the week as well, and um, reading through First Timothy as, as well as we go through this in preparation for Sunday morning. And so yeah, it's kind of all over the place. But I, I'm with you, Nick. I'm I'm all over the place on that. I'm yeah. I'm reading three or four different books. You know, you could have asked me eight years ago, and I probably had maybe read one to two books a year. Um, and now I'm probably on pace to read like 10 to 15 outside of where I'm at in my Old Testament class as well. Um, I'm reading like three or four different books at a time. They're not comic books, which is really kind of interesting for me. So but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that, enjoying everything that we're reading. He's as a well. DC fan for all the listeners out there. Oh, I have both. The Secret Invasion is a you whole You can't say you like camp. both. I can't. I, this is not I the know podcast. I nothing about none of them. This is not the podcast because <laughs> I could, I could really lay into. into you could probably that. hammer me with that stuff. So, I probably yeah. could. Okay, so thanks, Rob, for your question. Uh, like I said, any other listeners out there, if you've got a question for your staff, uh, you want us to address, um, feel free to do that. Um, and we we not we're not guarantee is, is that just in a, a, a panic on Garrett's face. We're not gonna. We may not address everything, but we'll try to get to it. And then also, I want to take a moment and just give a shout out to the Cheatwood family who listened to the podcast. And we talked on Easter about our favorite Easter candy. I got a bag of Easter candy that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I got jelly beans. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. We, get, uh, Josh and I got the right candy because we picked the right candy. We, did. we <laughs> so, won that game. You lost. Yeah. So. Um, I still got jelly beans. So, so. shout out to the <laughs> Cheatwoods. Um, so thank you, Cheatwoods. Yes, thank you to the Cheatwoods. Thank you, Rob, for that as well for that question. All right, so we're going to jump into our podcast now, and we're going to ask the question we ask every time that we begin: What happened last week? Um, so we've got two Sundays worth of services since Easter under our belt. Now um, we had the 11th and the 18th, and uh, you basically walked us through First Timothy four so far, verses one through ten. So what happened yeah. last week? So last week we uh, we looked at demonically inspired doctrines, which uh, I it was it was weird. I think I shared this with you guys. It was weird how much I enjoyed. Uh, preaching through, and I could have been there for weeks. Honestly, I could have camped out there for weeks if, uh, if I'd wanted to. Uh, but demonically inspired doctrines, where the apostle Paul, as he writes to Timothy, uh, he he lets Timothy know that the Spirit of God has explicitly said that there's going to be people who depart from the faith. It's going to happen. People will leave the faith, and they're going to leave the faith because they're listening to demonic influences that come through the median, if you will, of a false teacher. And so there's the guarantee of people departing from the faith. So we shouldn't be shocked. I mean, for 2,000 years of the New Testament church, people have been leaving the faith. And sometimes we look around our churches, and we see people depart from the faith, and we think to ourselves, wow, this, this can't happen. It's not possible for people just to leave the faith in a church. It's so disheartening, and, and it can be so discouraging, but we have to be reminded that the Spirit of God actually guaranteed that that would happen, promised that that would happen. But then the reason for why it happens, then that's the shocker, and that's the part that we have to deal with, and that is that too many times in the church we have false teachers being used 
by demons, um, giving demonic messages by distorting the gospel, um, and using those different resources at the fingertips of Satan in his world where he has free reign, and we just easily pay attention to it. And before long, it's in the church. So... Yeah, I think that was one of the, the strongest points that stood out for me um, was the idea that, that those who deceive, their their goal is to create divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, as they're seduced by the world, their goal is to create a division in the church. Whether they know it or not, with if even if they think they're doing the right thing under that influence, they are still creating a division. Um, and it was very much um, C.S. Lewis, the screw tape letters. Uh, very strong vibes for that is what I got as I read through this and this demonic influence and through some of those things and kind of what they expect of Christians, what they expect of, of worldly people, mm-hmm. um, and that what their goal was to, to pull Christians apart and aside from each other. So yeah, that, that, that idea that as they're deceived, they're, they are creating a division in the church and it does yeah. hurt the church after so long. And I think sometimes we hear the word deceive and we, and we read it in scripture. And so sometimes we can, we can kind of sometimes become numb to spiritual language and one of the things I appreciated about John MacArthur's commentary is he used a word that I kind of tried to hone in on because I felt like it made real clear sense to me, and that was seduction. That demons use seduction uh, in this world to influence false teaching, and uh, we are so easily seduced. From the garden to now, man has been so easily seduced. Mm. So uh, you had a, a um, I was trying to find the reference in Jude where you talked about the role of the church in that for those who have been um, Jude 23. Yes. Yeah. How we, we've been those those members who have been part of that division have been pulled aside that it's our job as the church in love and truth to snatch them from the fire. Yeah. Those who've been seduced by the, the evil ways of the world, uh, you know, the church, uh, we, we love them enough to go and correct the false doctrines, mm. co- correct the demonic doctrines. I mean, we have to at least make that effort. Mm. I think sometimes that's that's an immediate thing that they're called out for that, and they they see that. And sometimes it may it may take a while for that mm-hmm. to take root, um, for them to come back around for that. So yeah, uh, and then so we went from that in the um, false teachers to this past Sunday's sermon, where you talked about sermon songs and sacrifice, making much of Jesus with all our life. Yeah, um, this was I, I thought this was a. Um, a very good sermon as well. I'm really enjoying. I think a lot of our church folks are enjoying through going through the pastoral epistles. Um, and then I had a couple notes um, here, and I'm going to try to read my writing here. And give me one second. It's the same problem with my CR notebook. As I write a note down, I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask this question, and I can't read my writing. Um, you talked about that we had to respond to a holy God with obedience and holiness, mm. and that was our job. Is is as we respond to to God. To, we have to respond to a holy God. It has to be through obedience and um, and holiness as well. Yeah, and I think uh, to add to that, the scriptures teach us that we we need to allow the Holy Spirit to accomplish that in us. That uh, it's the it's the work of the Spirit using the Word of God to do the work of God. So the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and does the work of God in our lives. So that we can become holy people, we can't do that in our in our own strength, uh, in our own amusements, in our own disciplines. It 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 takes the work of the Holy Spirit to make us holy. But it's that that pursuit. I mean, our responsibility is to live in pursuit of godliness, and 
what I appreciate that the Apostle Paul is doing to a young pastor here as he writes to Timothy is he's reminding Timothy that you, Timothy, will be considered a good servant of the Lord if you will make these things known to the people. All this stuff that they've talked about so far in 1 Timothy, he says you've got to teach them the difference between good doctrine and bad doctrine. You know, godliness and wickedness. You know, good conduct and bad conduct. And it's a good servant of the Lord who does that because at the end of the day, the church has to be spiritual. The church has to be godly. And in, until somebody divides that out for them, they're not going to know the difference, which is kind of a sad reality for the human heart and the, and the, and, and the indulgence of the flesh that uh, we're so prone to just be persuaded by simple, meaningless, uh, as the scripture says, uh, uh, what does it say there um, in both First Timothy one and here in what we read? I'm looking for it and, and my silly myths. Uh, silly myths. Uh, I think earlier in in one he talks about uh, fruitless discussions. You know, so uh, we're easily persuaded people. Yeah, and then I uh, the idea that to in order to accept the good doctrine you have to reject the bad doctrine. Right. And I think I think you could probably preach forever on on false doctrines and bad doctrines and I even think there's a, a case to be made for weak theology. I, I really mm-hmm. think in in light of yep. accepting good theology and good doctrine, I think even weak in those areas would be considered bad. I don't think it's like a gray area. It's like, well, it's it's kind of in both camps. I think it's either it's either good or it's bad. And I even think weak theology would land in that same camp as well. And that's even with the songs that we sing. Um, I think it was uh, John Piper who made the statement. Somebody else made the statement too, but uh, John Piper said there's a lot of of really rich theological songs out there, and so we're going to sing the best. Mm-hmm. Why why settle for the second best? Mm. Um, yep. if, if something is questionable, or if it just doesn't quite meet the criteria, then why waste our time on it? We need to we need to sing the best theologically rich songs that we can. Well, I think that's the burden for for ministers, for elders, for leaders in the church is we have to be taught good doctrine that, that in order to to recognize the difference between good and bad and not be pulled apart and swayed in that direction is you have to be fed a constant diet of good doctrine. And I think when we gather around the Word on Sunday morning to see the Word, to preach the Word, to hear the Word, to right. pray the Word, to sing the Word, we are making sure that our church members are being fed a good, solid diet of good doctrine. Yeah. Um, so they can recognize the bad doctrine in their life and not be swayed by a top, sol- a top selling book that they picked up at, at a bookstore. Right. Yeah. Or that somebody recommend or a TV show that has spiritual elements to it, but it's not something that is that's edifying and pointing us in the right direction. I got a text this morning from somebody that said uh, Alistair Begg has really good insight that we shouldn't be distracted by the by what the scripture doesn't say but should focus on what the Scripture does says. Yeah, that's good. I said mm. that. That was horrible. <laughs> My grammar was horrible on what the Scripture does say, not says. Right. But that'll preach. That is, yeah. uh, that is good. Um, and then you really kind of challenge the church with this idea, um, are you neglecting your church by neglecting service to your church? You're neglecting the Lord. Yeah. Um, well, I was so convicted yeah. I didn't write it down right. <laughs> I think that, you know— th- as the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, it's Timothy who is going to communicate to the church what the Apostle Paul has said to them. Because if we have to remember that Paul is writing to Timothy, but he's writing to Timothy for the benefit of the church gathered. Mm-hmm. 
And so these instructions are for Timothy, but also for the church. And the whole point of Timothy being a good servant is that a good servant produces good church members. And when you have a good servant and good church members, you have a good church. And you have a church that's making a godly impact in their community and to the ends of the earth. Uh, the, the, the last thing the world needs as it relates to gospel advancement is another stagnant church that's mm-hmm. just giving them the minimum, that's just willing to go, I'll just give God the minimum. of Godliness does not give the minimum. Godliness is the pursuit of being excellent in everything we consider and in everything we do for the Lord. And, uh, you know, when, I, I don't know, it just, it, you can't say that without following conviction. Yeah. Because then you start thinking about all the things in your life that you, we don't do that for ourselves. Mm. We don't look at our own personal lives and go, now how can I give myself the minimum so that I can produce the minimum mm. in my life? We don't do that. How can I go to the, the Nike store and I'm, I'm looking for just the cheapest shoes possible because I just want to be known as, I mean, that's rare for people. That, I, okay, I buy my shoes from Walmart. I get it. <laughs> so I, I have trouble paying a lot of money for shoes. But the things that I want in life, the things that I enjoy in life, the premise to achieving those things is not, but I just want to do the minimum. Mm. I don't do that for myself. No, I indulge. Why would we do that with the church? You know, why would, you, why would we give the church the minimum? That's it's good. convicting. That's really good. Yeah, we do that in our own lives. Um, very much so. Um, and then you, remember, that's what we're talking about with our students on Wednesday nights is we're walking through the crucifixion story from the book of Luke. And, and that's one thing that I've been convicted about from the moment that Jesus is in the garden um, to his death upon the cross until he, gave up, until he chose to, gave up, to give up his life there. As, as his prayer is, follow this cup pass for me, but your will, not mine, be done. Hmm. Um, and that idea that at any moment he could have given the minimum. Like he, he went through all of this so that he could, like you said, died for the ungodly to make us godly. And at any point he could have given us the bare minimum. And he didn't. He gave up everything um, so that we could have life with him first and foremost. And then we could in turn, what we do is give the minimum, but in turn we should give the most that we could back to him to his church through service yeah and i just 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 on that point uh the scriptures teach that that the just died for the unjust Mm. to make them just so you know we like to and i like the phraseology of the godly died for the ungodly to make them godly but the scriptures that's something the scriptures teach you know that, that that's what jesus did so but I think, you know, at the end of the day, our pursuit of godliness has to be measured by disciplines in our lives. Mm. And really, kind of as A.W. Tozer talks about, it's the inner man that God is concerned with. Mm. It's what's in the heart. Um, my checklist of things that make me godly, it might produce some sort of outward reflection of what the church could be or who God is. It, you know, it might produce some of that in the eyes of people. But ultimately, at the end of the day, both the servant of the Lord and those that he's serving, at the end of the day, it's do we have a heart that is in pursuit of the good things of God and not settling for the minimum, not settling for the lesser things? And it's not just something that we should do. It's something that God's called us to. Right. Um, he, he tells us to be holy as he is holy. and. 
I've been listening through R.C. Sproul's sermons. And of course, the holiness of God was a, mm-hmm. a huge theme for him. And um, I believe it's John Calvin who, who said that if you understand who God is, then you can understand man. Mm. Um, and when we look at the holiness of God and the requirements of God on our lives, uh, we we will see if we examine where we fall short in that. Yeah. And where um, really not only that we can't do it, we can't white knuckle it, we can't force ourselves into it, that there has to be a submission um, to Christ in our lives to to make us holy because we can't in and of ourselves do that. And that submission, submission is never a half submission. Um, nobody wins a, a wrestling match with half a point. You know, you, you when if you're submitted, it's a complete submission. And uh, But we somehow have convinced ourselves that in the area of church, in the area of godliness, that we can, we can give a part but not give a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 some heavy stuff to get into this morning on this this podcast. That is definitely some stuff to to wrestle with, and and found myself wrestling with that Sunday morning, and I'm going to continue to wrestle with this all week until we we come back next Sunday to gather as we continue. Because it only gets easier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, but you know, the encouraging thing for the Christian is how Paul kind of um, puts some adhesive with those particular instructions and those thoughts when he says, "For this reason, for this reason, we labor and strive." Because we've put our hope in the living God. I think Christians, we, we've got to remember that we are not defeated. We have a living God. So when we're in the pursuit of godliness, we have to remember that we have a living God who is actively working through his spirit in us to accomplish these things. And so if I look at my Christian life and I just determine that I'm already going to be defeated in all the things I pursue towards godliness, that is not the way that God wants me to carry myself mm-hmm. He, he has given me the scriptures, and he has given me his spirit so that I can look at the Christian life and go, it is a good and, and, and uh, uh, glorious pursuit to make this labor and to make this strive because I serve a living God. Mm. I'm not striving in vain here. I'm not laboring in vain here. Everything I do, every step I take to get away from the minimum and give my life to Jesus, he's going to use that and accomplish something that only he can do because he's a living God. Mm. And so that's our hope. You know, uh, the defeated Christian, man, that's a that, that's a sour place to live. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. And I think the as we come together as believers to share in our struggles, um, that tends to be what we focus on and not celebrate the victories and celebrate the wins and the good things that are going on in the life of the believer. And yeah, there's some areas that we may give minimum, but there's a lot of areas that our church is really good at, at giving oh, yeah. in different areas and serving in, in different areas. And one of the places you can serve right now is Sunday school. We just started back our Sunday school classes. Those started two Sundays ago. We're we're heading into week three this week of Sunday school. Um, so what does Sunday morning look like for you guys for Sunday school? Garrett, you've been doing something different with your Sunday school class time. So what's going on there? Um, so I, I've decided that I'm going to visit, and I say all the classes. I don't know, I may not visit some of the children's classes, but I'm going to go through and visit the the main Sunday school classes that we have. And so I for the first week, I got um, I get razzed, but Paula... Paula convinced me to come into to her class, um, and so sat for the first Sunday in Paula's class. And then this week I was in, I'm going to get the, I believe it was Adult G. Is that the correct? Senior Adults. Yep, Senior Adults. Yeah. I don't know what the name of it is. Um, so I've I've sat in those. I, I'm not sure where I'll go next week, but find another one. It's really enjoyable. Uh, both classes were great. You should check them out. 
Paul leads a, a women's class, um, and they were there's quite a few women in there. Um, of course, Adult G was full as as usual. Um, good discussions. Yeah, I'm over in the bridge with our students on Sunday mornings, and I, I've got some great youth workers who show up week in and week out and lead our students. And I was super encouraged. Our our guys class outgrew the classroom sizes that we have available on the bridge. So they pushed like 10 cafe tables together and, and set cool. and visited and yeah. had a really cool conversation about the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're at in the catechism questions as they talk through some of the staff. And, and one of the things that was really interesting to me about that, I, I grabbed a picture of that moment is you had three men, you had Rob Fletcher, Corey Crabtree, and Brett Walker. And Brett Walker was leading the discussion, and Corey was leading, and, and, and Rob was kind of there, but Rob answered several questions as well. And listening to the high school student, students share about their their experience with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit means to them, and watching some of these middle school students who may not have a full concept yet of the Holy Spirit as they're still developing some different things in faith, wa- listening to what's happening in the lives of these high school students through the Holy Spirit and opening their eyes and their hearts to that concept of the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean for them to see that experience? And that's one thing I like about the way our Sunday school classes are structured right now is you have you have generations in one class where you have mm-hmm. adults who have walked through this life and, and, and seen these things happen. And you have some younger um, Christians in their faith even, not just younger by age, who are hearing from the older generation as they pour in together generationally. And so it's a really cool moment to see happen in my youth Sunday school classes knowing it's going on upstairs with the girls as well, but then it's also happening over here in the church. Yeah, and that's, so I'm with the college students on Sunday morning right now, and uh, we had that conversation about college students, um, kind of at least for a season, uh, spending some time with some of our adult Sunday school groups, our small groups, and just letting some of those people who have some Christian life experience pour into them, and they were up for that. They were uh, They were willing to do that, and wanted to kind of engage in some of those adult groups. And so it'll be interesting to see how God kind of shapes them through that as they engage with some people who uh, have some more years on their life, um, allow them to ask some questions and, and just learn a different in a different uh, format. So I think it's going to be good. And, it, and then it, it's going to allow me to spend some time with some different groups of people too. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's been, it's been really good. I'm, I'm enjoying having Sunday school back. It's been a long time coming. Um, but even I I forget to get the Sunday school folder every Sunday, so I have to walk back over and get it. And typically our senior adult classes started, and they leave their doors open um, to walk back and see that room full of senior adults that are just sharing life together. It's, it's been pretty cool to see. Yeah, if you don't if you don't get your folder, it didn't happen. That's right. you got to take yeah. a roll. Um, you got to take a roll, so we gotta, we gotta, we're going to do that. Um, so that's been our question, what happened last week? So let's switch gears a little bit and look towards the future and what's happening next week. Um, as far as sermons go, it looks like, Nick, we may finish First Timothy 4 this week. Yeah, we should. Yeah, Lord willing and the creek don't rise, we will finish chapter 4. I think Garrett so, will. But I've already, I'm just, I'm, I mean, I've already looked at it and I've thought, man, I've been taking some chunks lately and making them one sermon, and I don't know how many times I can do that, so. There's only but, um, six more verses, five more verses, 11 through 16 right here. But yeah, I definitely think you could actually bleeds over to five as well. There's some, yeah, there's some parceling out that might need to happen here. Right, so cut that in. That yeah. dreads that as he looks forward to worship every yeah. week and tries it's, to get that. Garrett's much okay. more of a planner than I am. Well, I, I have quit. <laughs> because <laughs> I try not to get too far ahead because it's just a catastrophe. That, that's where I've been on Wednesday nights is we were going to do a three-week series, and I've, I've managed to stretch it out to almost a seven-week series at this point. <laughs> and I, I've been very um, 
been supported by our youth praise band that I'm like, hey, we got one more yeah. week of this. I need, I need this song just one more week as we we're gonna break this down one more week, and then after that we'll transition out. So I'll just say it like this: it's easy to go wrong preaching and teaching through the scriptures too fast. Mm. It's never wrong to go slow. I mean, you just can't go wrong going slow. So, uh, it, but we give you grief, but we don't really. Mind. Yeah, I, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> so you heard it, but here, I'm not going to stop. You heard it here first. We're spending two <laughs> weeks in these next six verses, so we'll I see what's going on there. We'll see. A lot of instructions for the church. I, I read, I peeked through with the scriptures in the next couple of weeks, and I'm excited. Uh, this next one, especially. Um, well, there's a line in there that I mean, there's there's like in verse 14, there's like one sermon just in the first half of that verse alone. Don't neglect the gift that is in you. I mean, just right there, that's an entire sermon in just half of one verse. Mm. So uh, we'll see. How, we'll see how this we'll breaks see, down. We'll see how it shakes out <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. Um, so we've got that to look forward to on Sunday mornings. We also have a new anthem. We're at the end of April. We've got one more Sunday left in April. We're moving to May for our anthem of the month. Uh, Garrett, um, you want to share with that? Yep, the anthem for May uh, will be Oh Four Thousand Tongues to Sing." Yes, um, so I like it's it. An, it's an oldie. It's a good one. What year? Well, music or words? Yeah, both are pretty close. So uh, Charles is, is Wesley it, wrote that in seventeen thirty-nine. Ooh, oh, he, g- where did you get the actual? It's not even in the Google beat the hymnal. Google, Google beat I mean, the I was, hymnal. <laughs> I had it open, looking at it. It just says his date that he lived. Uh, didn't give the date that it was written. Uh, it was uh, published in 1597 hymnals. I've got this. 1739? Hymnary.org. Uh, Hymnary? Hymnary. Hymnary. So that's really in the first. So 1737, you said? So uh, he was 30 yeah. years old. So that's in the first 100 and 125 years of the English Reformation. So that's yep. that's early. that's that's. It's good stuff. I, I think it's timeless a, hymn. Timeless hymn. I think it's going to be a really good song based on what I'm reading in our scriptures in the next couple of weeks and what we're going to be talking about and um, coming together, serving one another as you read through these verses. I'm excited to sing this um, for the next month. We've had a great emphasis. We we were kind of I don't want to say sorrowful but somber um, in March leading towards Easter and April. We've been celebrating Christ. Um, through City of Light. See, I said it right that time. Uh, through their song, it was finished upon that cross. And and one of the songs that we did Easter almost made the maze list, uh, saved my soul. I had a lot of people, and that was the first time we'd sung it, but a lot of people really liked that. that Something tells me it'll make a future anthem. It, it will, it'll at least, it yeah. will be back in the playlist yeah. at some point we'll for sure. Yeah, we've had a couple songs that we've, we've yeah. brought back through that we really enjoyed. And yeah. So the May anthems owe oh, 4,000 tongues to sing. Does that mean we need to get 1,000 people here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're going to have to. So right. it's time to invite people back to church. That's I mean, right. you got to get 1,000 tongues here. It's a lot of tongues. We're going to have to expand mm-hmm. uh, the sanctuary yep. yeah. for that, which would be a good back. problem to have. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so that's what we've got coming forward in the next couple of weeks as we look towards sermon and anthems. Um, just to cover a few things right now with you, and you guys can can jump in on these. Um, on Sunday mornings, we've got Sunday school officially back at 930. Um, we're encouraging people to invite guests, invite friends to come back to Sunday school. There was a really interesting thought that came about, I think, as our staff visited before we started hit, before we hit record on our podcast two weeks ago. This idea that Sunday school, for a lot of people, it's kind of nerve-wracking coming back 
but it's really new for everybody right now. Mm-hmm. This is a whole new in a year. We yeah. have we have taken this etch a sketch and we've shaken it for our Sunday morning small groups and we've restructured it. So it's new for everybody. It's been a year for everybody. So we'd love for you to come back, invite a friend, bring somebody with you. We've got classes for all ages, from nursery um, to kids, youth, college, adults, senior adults, from wherever stage of life you're in. We'd love for you to join us. Uh, 1045 worship services. We'd love for you to join us as well for those. And then Sunday nights. What goes on here Sunday nights, Garrett? Celebrate recovery. We uh, we have a meal at uh, 445 to 530. And then at 530, we have really, um, it's kind of like a Sunday morning service in yeah, a lot of a ways. Worship service. Yeah. Worship service. So we're going to, we sing, uh, we sing songs. Um, we uh, either one week we'll have a teaching and one week we have a testimony um, that, that lasts for about an hour. Um, and then we, uh, then we go into, uh, open share, which is separate groups for men and women. Um, and, and that's, you could come in for any part of that. Um, if you come to eat, you probably, you ought to stay for the large group, but you can come for the large group and not stay for small group. Um, we really encourage the church to come. Uh, this is, this is, this is what the church is doing. This is the ministry, uh, that we have, have poured into for our Sunday nights. And so we, we need, um, as we as we talked about service to the church, uh, we need the body to to be active in that. And so mm-hmm. there are uh, there are hands and feet and and noses and knees and other parts of the body that uh, that need to be a part of that ministry and need to pour into uh, those who are coming to church who m- maybe sometimes don't don't go to church in other places uh, or or people who are a part of our body um, who who are here on a Sunday night. So encourage uh, everybody to show up it's it's not age dependent um, it's not uh, issue dependent if if you're a believer and you believe that uh, God is in the process of sanctifying you and, and making you look more like Christ you belong on a Sunday night so um, encourage people to show up for that yeah there's this stigma and I'm doing this with air quotes but the people yeah. on the podcast can't see my fingers doing the air quote motions about Celebrate Recovery, that it's for a certain group of people, but really it's for anybody and everybody. It is mm-hmm. a Sunday night worship service. We we worship, we open God's Word together, we hear a testimony about how God's working in somebody's life. Um, and it's a great time to come together and gather for that on Sunday night. So I would echo that. I've been a part of this for a while now on the media side of it. I've just finished my own step study. Um, am I allowed to talk about that? Can I? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I don't know what the rule. No, I'm joking. I'm you can tell about yourself. Yeah, no, I, I, I just finished uh, going through a step study and, and how great that was and how much I enjoyed that, um, going through that. But these Sunday night services, it is just a Sunday night worship service and it's, yeah. it's the people of God coming together. Very um, relaxed. Very much. So. Very relaxed. Yeah. I would, I would put it like this. This is what I've, this is what I've kind of come to understand about Celebrate Recovery. If you think you need Celebrate Recovery then you should come and be part of Celebrate Recovery. Mm-hmm. If you think you don't need Celebrate Recovery, you then you should probably come and be part of Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to put that. So we've got that on Sunday nights. And then on Wednesday nights right now, we have got youth from 6 to 7. Right now we're going until about 7.30 because we're not competing with anything else, and we're just having a great time for students. Um, 7th through 12th grade, definitely come be a part of what we're doing on Wednesday nights, especially as we get ready to roll into the summer. We're going to be doing a lot this summer. Um and talking about summer vacation Bible school registration is open officially on our website, cellfbc.org. Yep. We've got our banners up. We've got a table for volunteers. We're ordering T-shirts. If you haven't listened to this special podcast, you need to listen to Paula it. and Penny. It was a lot of fun. Excellent. Um, to sit there with them and talk about vacation Bible school and what it's meant over all these years. It was. And they have. They both have great podcast voices. 
They really do. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, so that's going on right now on our website as well. And then Cross Timbers registration is open. You can come by the church office and pick up some information. Completed third through sixth grade yep. is mm-hmm. Cross Timbers. It is a three-night camp um, towards the end of June. Um, uh, our speaker will be, Pastor Nick will be speaking at the camp when our students are there. Oh, so, brother. Yeah, they're excited. Um, it'll be a great time. For, I keep saying great, but there's just there's no other great other word to put together for that. Uh, but it'll be a, a, a great camp for them to be at. I visited with Rebecca Rogers last night about that, and she's really excited. Yeah. She's recruiting help for that. Um, Falls Creek Youth Camp. Um, is the end of July, July 19th through 24th. Hopefully in the next two weeks, we're going to have all the information out for students to start signing up for that as we get ready for that. And so that's kind of what we got to look forward to. There's a lot going on. And you didn't plug it, but I'm going to plug it. So right now we don't have, uh, we have plans for reopening Wednesday nights and what that's going to look like. Right now we don't have that. If you, if you haven't checked out what happens with the youth on a Wednesday night, then I suggest you come check it out. Yeah. Um, you need to... You need to see um, the the praise band does a an excellent job. Mm-hmm. They do they do really well. Um, and then Josh, if you like listening to sermons, you can sit under some good teaching. Right, you can mm-hmm. come here, um, and I hope I'm making you feel uncomfortable. You're very much so. Yeah, yeah, you can come here an excellent sermon, um, and and that's week in and week out. Yep. Um, and and so there's there are adults there that you can fellowship with. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we would. There's even an elevator. If you can't climb the stairs, mm-hmm. we can get you up there. It's very healthy for those students to see adults there just uh, to support that ministry. So, yeah, it's been really cool yeah. to see more and more adults showing up to kind of sit on the back row and hang out, and, and it just kind of helps. We had we had 93 in the room this last Wednesday. Yeah. And I know it's not about the numbers, but it was a lot of fun to see that many students out. Um, matter of fact, Easton had to go grab more chairs right before we got started because we had some kids show up that needed extra seats, and mm-hmm. so it's always great to have that problem. So, yeah, so that's what's going on in the life of your church. Um, we're glad you guys joined us this morning for Words Matter podcast. Um, look forward to seeing you all on Sunday morning for Sunday school and worship service. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Goodbye.